Okay, welcome to the latest episode of People in My Kitchen, where I'm not in my kitchen at all. I'm in Linda Frank's office. Linda works at Operation Come Home. What do you do exactly? That's a great question. I help coordinate fundraisers, volunteer groups, engaging new programs, making sure they run efficiently, and uh, every, once a year I sleep outside. <laughs> <laughs> you pretty much do everything at Operation Come Home, or at least oversee pretty much everything. Do you often tell Elspeth, the executive director, that you're doing her job for her? <laughs> uh, no, I tell her we're a great team who does it together, but every now and then we save each other. You know, She doesn't know how to format a Word document. I don't know how to write a grant as well, so we really balance it out, I think. Oh, there you yeah. go. That's good, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I like the, she doesn't know how to format a Word document. She doesn't really know how to turn on a computer she, in no, the first place. <laughs> she sent me an email saying, hey, Linda, can you turn on my autoresponder for vacation? So, I mean, we balance each other out, like I yeah. said. <laughs> yes, there you go. Well, at least she's, she sent you an email. You know her office is right next door. It's right there, right? <laughs> I know. And then we've got sometimes where she'll call me to have a discussion. Sometimes we'll yell at each other. Sometimes we'll email. You never know. Yeah. I like the fact that you guys uh, switch it up. All right. Well, I, we're here at Operation Come Home right now. I'm here because uh, we're planning for the reality campaign. And uh, this podcast will run during the reality campaign, possibly when we are outside sleeping in the cold and uh, things are going to suck. So let's begin with explaining what Operation Come Home is and does. Linda, go. Oh, gosh. Okay, so Operation Come Home is a charity that helps at-risk and homeless youth. And we focus on providing opportunities to youth who feel like they don't have as many. So they walk through our doors and they have a safe place to call home for the first time in their lives sometimes. Um, and then we have these social enterprises they can work with. We have a built-in high school. We've got addictions programs. We've got a resource center where they can work on resumes and get a warm meal in the first place. So what we're trying to do is kind of offer variety for all of the clients who are walking in so they can say, hey, this is what I want to do. And much like the iPhone, we can say we've got an app for that. We've got a program for that. So, <laughs> <laughs> that that seemed like a well rehearsed like speech that you had going there, like down to the uh, iPhone reference. Is that like part of a presentation you give to people? When I've got when I've got a good joke, I try and stick with it. You know, <laughs> uh, like the other one I say oftentimes is I say, yeah, we used to be called Operation Go Home, but with the changing programs, we switched it to Operation Come Home. Mind you, at four o'clock, we switch it back to Operation Go Home because I want to get out of here. That one, uh, yeah. yeah, that was a bad laugh. I know, but it works for the tours. Uh, are you okay? That's yeah. good. Yeah, that's uh, actually I used to run tours uh, when I was at Algonquin College, and uh, we had an ongoing joke about you know Whistle Dog Tuesday and and how to save money as as uh, a college student. And one of the things that I would do is I would take the tour out of Algonquin College over into the parking lot where the McDonald's was, and we would go through the what was the grocery store at the time. It's all new now. Now it's a big Loblaws and the big, you know, plaza. Yeah. But there was a little grocery store with like four customers at a time in it, and you would go through and you'd buy cheese slices in a package, and then you would put them on the hamburgers, because Hamburger Wednesday was only 69 cents per, per hamburger. And so that was, yeah, that was my thrifty tip to everybody. Yeah. So that's part of our reality campaign, too, is the $24 challenge yeah. where we're trying to save money or use less money to eat for a week. Uh, uh, I would ask you to explain how that came about, but really, <laughs> I made it come about because, <laughs> you know, I'm a weirdo. But uh, how did we come up with the $24 number? 
Oh gosh, so what we did is we looked at what uh, a youth would receive on Ontario Works or, or welfare assistance every single month and then we subtracted kind of a lot of their basic needs expenses, expenses that would come out of that and what you're left with is $24 every single week to spend on groceries. So that's how we came up with that number. Um, it was probably like 23 point something, but 24 sounded better. It rolled off the tongue better. Yeah. And, and yeah, and it fit with our 24 hours outside and the rest of the thing. Yeah, so if yeah. you got an extra 10 cents, that's not really fair, but what, I think people will forgive us. I think they will. I, I mean, and the thing is too, that this is something that when we're doing this, and I think about this all the time, is that it's not like you can save it up and then spend it at the end of the month and buy something in bulk, right? Right. Because it would be way easier to spend $96 per month than it is to spend $24 per week. Yeah. So you're really going on what I can get out of this week. And when you don't really have much to cook stuff on and you don't really have a place to cook it, then you're having a lot of trouble yeah. making that money stretch. And the nutritious part of it too, like... If you want to get some meats in there, if you're not vegetarian, for example, but if you want to get some meats in there, that's expensive. You can hardly afford that. If you are vegetarian, tofu's stupid expensive, too. <laughs> <laughs> All of that stuff is just, it's out. It's and a lose-lose. Yeah, it absolutely yeah. is. It's terrible. But, uh, okay, so we've been doing that for a few years. What's your favorite part of the reality campaign overall? <laughs> the first thing that came to mind when you said that was, was when it's over. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's true. Well, you do put an awful lot of work into it behind the scenes, and so it's exhausting for you to... Well, between the know. two of us, but it's also just, you know, like, you're, you're outside for 24 hours, and that is exhausting. Yeah. And then last year, the last two years, actually, we went right into the 24-buck challenge, so it was one challenge that's physically demanding right after another challenge that's physically demanding. So, the, you know, like, yeah, while my gut reaction is, yeah, when it's over, that's my favorite part, it really is kind of... Actually Actually, the stories that come out of it you know you have people who come by and visit us when we're doing the 24 hours or the poor chefs competition and they say I think it's so wonderful that you're doing this this is what happened to me this is how this agency helped me out and, and it's an important cause that you guys are doing yeah I think that's awesome yeah like, I love that people want to come and tell us those stories yeah when we're in the middle of doing something do you have a favorite I story I got one in my mind like do you have a favorite memory it's a weird one. It's a weird one. From a couple of years ago, there was a guy who came up to our group. And a lot of the people in our group had never really been outside at night downtown before. Yeah. And they weren't familiar with how life works downtown. And <laughs> that every now and then you're going to get somebody who, you know, likes to yell a lot. Or like, you know. How and diplomatic this guy, of you. <laughs> right, yeah, right. And, and this guy... Uh, I mean, he, he initially took exception, I think, to what we were doing, or at least that was their per perception of what, and he was really angry about it, and I think he ended up throwing his bike at somebody, or, mm. and, uh, but then he just went across the street and sat down and scowled and stared at us for hours, and he sat there for hours, and he didn't move, and, uh, <laughs> you know, and finally I, you know, I went over and decided, okay, <laughs> you're making people nervous. Oh no, he's just watching out for us. He wants to make sure nothing happens to us. <laughs> you know, he just looks like a scary dude who threw a bike at somebody, right? <laughs> but in his mind like this, he really thought we were doing a good thing after he had, you know, got the explanation yeah. and thought, I'm going to participate the only way that I am able to do so. Yeah. And that is 
to watch out to make sure that nobody crazy shows up and throws a bike at these people <laughs> or whatever, <laughs> you know? But yeah, like, yeah. that guy sticks out in my mind a lot. It was yeah. recent, but yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think I remember that guy. Yeah. He was an interesting character. He was an odd <laughs> duck, yes. Do you remember the guy who came with the photos? Yes. That's my favorite. So yeah. he kept on showing up and showing us these photos of just buildings in the area and he's like this is what I love this is what I do but there was there was something there was something about him where you knew he wasn't entirely well he had some kind of mental health issue that he was he was addressing and you're looking at these photos and they're pretty average four by six prints a little bit blurry or whatever but these were his life so he kept on walking by and like hey I've got more photos to show you and we're just kind of like yeah yeah whatever thanks right, for showing yeah. us your photos like, I've seen a bunch already and, yeah yeah but then the last time he came by, he said, these are my favorites, and he handed them to us. And I didn't even appreciate it until the day after. Like, those were one of the most important and valuable possessions in his life, and he chose to give it, give it to us, which I still yeah. have them to this day. So that was kind of one of my heartwarming ones. When I first started doing the 24 hours, you know, the idea was, okay, you're going to sleep outside for 24 hours. It's to raise awareness for homeless youth who have to do that year-round. But the first year we did it, we got an awful lot of pushback, especially from the youth themselves. Really? Yeah, and a lot of it was, okay, you're out here for a day playing homeless, and you don't know what it's really like, and I mean, we had to say, yeah, you're right, we don't. Yeah. Like, that's not what this is about, it's, you know... And they would insist that when you do it for three months, Ooh. then you're okay. And like, okay, that's that's not going to really resonate with people. After yeah. three months, they will have tuned out a long time ago. You know, we're doing this for one day, and we're picking the cold day so that, you know, it the tugs the heartstrings. The coldest, it, Eric. I have, yes, I have chosen <laughs> the coldest day of the entire year. I don't know how you do it. Was it seven of eight years, I yeah. think? Yeah. Minus 45 was my favorite. Oh my God, that was crazy. But you know what was interesting? Because for you to say the youth were, were very up in arms against it before, I understand why and I understand where they're coming from, but there's been such a shift now. So that year we went out and it was minus 45. I remember the youth coming up to me and saying, Linda, don't do it. It's not worth it. We love what you're trying to do but like it's not worth it you guys are going to be in a wind tunnel and then when I said yeah. I was going to do it anyways they said okay stuff your pants with newsletters because it acts or newspaper because it acts as insulation and if you get really cold bury yourself in the snow because at least it protects you from the wind and they're giving me all of these tips and I'm thinking how sad is it that you have to know that yeah but also thank you because I did some of those tips <laughs> because we did some of those things yeah yeah yeah, and you know, and that I think was the first year that uh, Corey, who's a youth who had come through the the OCH programs, stayed out with us. Yeah, uh, he wasn't gonna, you know, he wasn't gonna subject himself to that again. He'd been through it before, mm -hmm. but he sat in the car the whole night and watched over us to make sure nothing happened. And, yeah, you know, he's been doing that most years since then. I think every year since then. Yeah, he has. Yeah. yeah, and then we've also got that one other guy. He was in this morning. I don't know if I should say his name because I don't know if he'd be okay with oh, it. Oh yeah. But yeah. He he's he said he'll be there again this year too. Oh nice. Yeah. Out for us. Yeah. 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 I like that guy. <laughs> whose name I can't say. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's also. I, I'm just thinking of another funny story. I'm not sure if this is the point of. Of there is no point. Oh, this. good, excellent! Yeah. I'm great at that. Yeah, I'm uh, actually disappointed you haven't sworn more 
hard. I like I get it's your <laughs> office and shit, but like it's a podcast. You can swear all you like, and you're a sailor, so I am a sailor. Yeah. That's true. Okay, I'll try and drop it, but I gotta not force it either, because now it's like I'm trying. To I know now. I know now. You're gonna try too hard. Yeah. And you're gonna say motherfucker when it's like, <laughs> really not appropriate. And, it's yeah. like have a great day. <laughs> um, actually, that's funny because when I first started working at Operation Come Home, um, there was this one guy, and he wanted to get me to swear. I was. I still am to a certain extent a goody two shoes on a roll student nerd. Nerd. Uh, yeah, nerd. nerd. <laughs> <laughs> and I would I wouldn't even say shit. Like I would not say anything. I grew up in a Catholic household. You don't do that. So he would like borderline harass me every single day. Linda, just swear. Linda, just swear. If I annoy you, will you say this? If I do this, will you say this? And it went on for like a few months until I finally swore. I don't remember what the word was, but I, I finally did it. Yeah. And years later, he came up to me, and I, I actually I thanked him, because I'm like, you know what? I didn't realize this at the time, but I wasn't relatable to the youth that I was engaging with. He's like, I know that. He said, that's why I was so persistent about it. Yeah. So for me, like these, these youth, as much as we kind of help support them through everything, I've learned so much from them in my years working here. Oh, for sure. Hashtag cheesy. Yeah. Yeah. Like really cheesy. I know. Yeah, it's you true, turn though. a story about swearing into <laughs> like, yeah. meaningful life advice. Yeah, I know. Like, yeah. yeah, like I feel a little dirty over here. Like I just acquired <laughs> diabetes from your story. I uh, we've got uh, Super Bowl Sunday coming up. The superb owl party is taking yes. place for Operation Come Home once again. Uh, Mill Street has been kind enough to uh, provide us their upstairs space, and we're going to do it up in a big way. Uh, Have you ever seen a football game in your life outside of our superb owl parties? As a matter of fact, I have. Have you really? Yeah, not NFL, though. Is it it okay? No, that still counts. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so I went to, um, oh gosh, it's uh, Saskatchewan. What is their team? Oh, my God. The Rough Riders? Oh, I was going to say that. Yeah. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I was in Saskatchewan, and I went to one of their preseason games, which is basically like a playoff game to the rest of the world because they yeah. go nuts. They're nuts for that team. Yeah. They've got cereals for their yeah. team. So that was a lot of fun because everyone was, like, next level excited. And then I went and it to was a, preseason. It was preseason. People yeah. were, had their faces painted, were wearing the green wigs and everything, and I think I accidentally wore... A red shirt. Ah. Uh, I didn't get attacked, but I got a lot of dirty looks. So yeah, I've been to one game. Very nice. That, yeah. that, I'm actually impressed you, you've done that. You seem so, uh, like, tired of hearing football things whenever we talk about <laughs> our, our party. But uh, yeah, no, that's cool. The Green Riders, their fans are absolutely crazy. More so than any in the CFL. Yeah. And that would be a cool game to check out. It was the cereal thing that really got me. And it's just Rough Rider O's. It's not anything creative or anything like that. It's just we want to name something else after our team. What else can we do? Okay, cool. Good for you guys. That's pretty terrific. Yeah. But you know what? My friends and I want to go and do an NFL game just for the sake of it. You have to. Yeah. That's what everyone says. Yeah. It's like nothing else you'll ever experience. I've, I've been to about... seven or eight now and some buddies and I used to take a trip down every year and we'd go to you know a different stadium each year to try them all out yeah Cleveland Cincinnati and New York I mean the ones that are close enough to drive in a day basically yeah 
and oh my god man it's another world that tailgate party like the just the stuff that you see buffalo is one of the best places to go it's the closest for us mm-hmm. and it's one of the best because everyone there is shit-faced at nine in the morning <laughs> and they're just messy drunk morons and they it doesn't matter if it's freezing outside it doesn't yeah. we went to i went to a, a buffalo bills game with the tailgate party and we had taken a giant bus down, so we didn't have a truck to park or anything. So mm-hmm. we're just walking through this this parking lot, the tailgate party, and everybody there, oh, you guys came all the way from Canada? Well, like it's a block away. <laughs> <laughs> like it's literally I could throw a rock and hit Canada from here, uh. you fucking Nimrod. But whatever. We're like, yeah, like great. And so they they just keep handing us beer, steak, like burgers, whatever. And we're just walking through the parking lot, like just getting stuff handed to us and partaking in the party. It was what? crazy. Yeah, it was so good. And so now, now the big thing is every day, every week, you have to look for the Buffalo Bills tailgater party video of the week, which is almost always somebody jumping into a flaming pit of some kind and setting themselves on fire, or sometimes setting themselves on fire, then jumping onto another thing that then catches fire, or, you know, like, there are many, many things that, that go wrong. a lot of fire. A lot of fire. That's amazing. Around the cars in the parking lot <laughs> before the game, because that's, yeah, that's what they do. Sometimes it's just a video of somebody puking on themselves. That's less exciting. It's less exciting. Yeah. If they were on fire at the same time. Right. You know. You gotta have that fire component, though. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, that's the one to go to. It's just crazy town. So my question is then, okay, because I I always watched Gilmore Girls, because I love Gilmore Girls, and they... Because you're a goody-two-shoes nerd. I'm a goody-two-shoes nerd, Nerd. yeah. Yeah. You could just title that podcast, Goody-Two-Shoes Nerd. Yeah. Yeah. I know people are into the Gilmore Girls. Thing. You should watch it. I have. I've seen a couple of episodes. Yeah. And I guess they brought it back recently, right? Yes. So I, I saw a couple of those episodes as well. Yeah. And I'm not sure that I, I'm not sure that I get it. I don't <laughs> dislike it, but I just kind of go, oh, you know. And, and I guess maybe now that the whole idea is the young Rory is the young one. Rory is the young. And then yeah. she's like obviously much older, and then there's a different dynamic between, and it's her mom, right? It's her mom. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, like, we used to have, like, I'm a cool aunt vibe or whatever, and now, I don't know. Now they're like, yeah, yeah, there was a little bit of a shift in that, but it's not important. I'm sure your listeners don't care about oh, they, Gilmore Girls. They do. My, my listeners are heavily into the Gilmore Girls, <laughs> and also reruns of Sex in the City, and uh, watching Poltergeist over and over. By that, I mean, the only listener I have is my wife. <laughs> She's the only one I can count on to listen to this. Oh, good. Well, yeah. then, hi, Eric's wife. This one's for you. <laughs> no, but in the you show, go, like, they watch, um, they go to a college football game, Harvard versus Yale, and that looks so exciting because the competition, it was the big game of the year. Yeah. Is that more or less exciting than an NFL? I have never been to one, so I don't know. Oh, no. But... You're supposed to be the football expert. I know. I've just I've never been to one. I expect, I expect that for a rivalry game, it is more exciting. Okay. Because there's a sort of built-in rabidness of the fan base that you're going to get with a rival rivalry game between like a Harvard and a Yale or yeah. Army and Navy or you know Duke and North Carolina or something like that, right? Right. Um, well, that's basketball, but same same kind of idea, right? This I wouldn't have known the difference, yeah. which is so sad. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, yeah, I think so. But I think if you went to an NFL rivalry game, it would be crazy. We When I went to Cincinnati, yeah. Cincinnati was playing the Dolphins. There's no rivalry there. That's not a big thing. But uh, in the parking lot, they were selling T-shirts with the Steelers logo on it, Ben Roethlisberger's face, and on the back it said, Rapist Burger. Oh, right? oh dear. And everyone in the parking lot had these T-shirts. Like... It's not even a Steelers game, and they're <laughs> just shitting on the Steelers, like, nonstop all the time. Uh, I really regret not buying one, actually. They were only <laughs> 10 bucks or something, too, like, you know? It wouldn't, it wouldn't carry the same value in Ottawa if you wore it around, though. It probably wouldn't. Yeah. It definitely wouldn't. I mean, in Cincinnati, you'd be pretty safe to wear it. Yeah. In Ottawa, people are, Might you call know, the cops on you or something. Maybe. File a complaint. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I wouldn't. I'd be like, I mean, oh, there's Eric with another T-shirt. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you yeah. know, uh, he is a several-time accused rapist, and we're not, uh, <laughs> it's not entirely inaccurate, you know? It's a thing. Uh, yeah. But, uh, but yeah, like, and so I, I'm sure that we're Pittsburgh in town in Cincinnati for that game. It yeah. would have been, you know, a much different atmosphere. you got to hit up. Why don't you do this anymore? Do the drive down and see a game. I can't afford it anymore. Oh. I have kids. They went to school. It's all over for me. We're going to start a GoFundMe page for Eric to go to a football game. Yeah, I'm, I'm, now, I'm now an old man with no money. But uh, but it used to be, too, that I... It used to be cheaper to travel and do all that, right? Yeah. And it's a little more expensive now. And the last game I went to was uh, in New York City. They had just opened that brand new stadium. And we bought tickets for... About 195 bucks each. So it was almost 200 bucks for the ticket. And no joke, it was the last seat in the stadium. No way. Yeah, it was the very last row, the furthest you could possibly get from the field in one of the end zones, right? It was so high up because this stadium is so massive, right? This $2 billion stadium is so high up in the air that it's freezing. You know, like, you know when you go up to like Mount Everest and it's going to be freezing even if it's the middle of the summer and like 30 degrees yeah, down at the base? Yeah, I've been top of Mount Everest lots of Same times. Same thing. Yeah. Ex- except, yeah, except <laughs> you didn't have to climb a mountain. There was an elevator. That's wild. But it's so cold up there. <laughs> and we only brought like spring jackets and that kind of thing. Yeah. But we're up at the top going like, it's too cold to live. I, we've done <laughs> too the 20, cold to live. It was. We've done the 24-hour thing uh, several times. The yeah. first time I did it, I had just decided on the spur of the moment we're going to go out and okay we're going to spend 24 hours living in the street and yeah. there was me and Chris Day from CTV and uh, a girl from the Metro whose name escapes me now mm-hmm. he- Heidi I think it was anyway there, there were three or four of us and that was it and uh, Mike who was one of the board members at the time so there were four of us and I hadn't planned ahead I was wearing running shoes and jeans Jeez. You know, and a, and a warm jacket. Ugh. And that really sucked. And then every year after that, I planned for it and I did it properly. Mm-hmm. I can honestly say that in New York City at that football game is the coldest that I've ever been consistently in my life. Oh, my God. We had to get up and leave. We had to go inside the, the stadium because we could not sit there and watch the game from there. Yeah. And I've been through some of these years with you in the 24 hours, so I can't even imagine. Right. Because when it's minus 40, you're freezing, but you're, you're so bundled up yeah. that it's everything that touches the air is frozen. Your yeah. face, your maybe your wrist or something if your gloves don't go all the way. And then your extremities, your toes and your fingers are very cold. Mm-hmm. But the core of you is still warmish because it's within, you know, your layers of, of parkas and so on. Yeah. But there, having not planned ahead, 
was just this flimsy little jacket that barely broke the wind, and oh my god. You paid $200 to freeze your ass off. Yeah. <laughs> Although, on the plus side, it was the day after Hurricane Sandy, so we got our hotel for free. Oh, nice. Yeah, because they had no power. Yeah. And were unable to lock any of the rooms. Uh, so, none of the rooms could lock, so they're like, uh, at your own risk, you can certainly stay there. So, <laughs> there's four of us, we're like, yeah, okay, we're, we're yeah. going to be fine, right? Yeah. And then, so we stayed at this hotel, but no way to cook, no way to eat, no way to get food. You had to travel miles to get anything. Oh, my God. Yeah. Have you ever been arrested? No. I don't know why I had to think so you hard. You had to think about <laughs> that for a second. No, I don't mm, think I have. Uh, no, no, no. I have not been arrested. That's for the best. I didn't think you had. No, had you? wouldn't you? pass a background check and be able to work here if you hadn't. That's true. No, yeah. Probably. Probably. Yeah. yeah. Have you been arrested? Um, I've been detained. Uh, not the same. Okay. I was, I was detained in Porto Basque, Newfoundland once. But they didn't have much of a jail. It was really just a chair. A chair? Yeah. <laughs> it was a chair and sort of a, a couch that wasn't really a cot in the corner of their uh, office. So there were no bars, no oranges of the new block kind of thing going on? No. no. I, I believe that there was in a, a town over a place where they could actually put you in, into detention. But they just let me sleep it off and... Uh, snuck me back into my hotel the next morning so yeah. no one was the wiser. And, that's uh, so sweet. It was pretty cute of them. They were uh, actually pretty great. Yeah. That's so Canadian. <laughs> the most Canadian police story ever. They it snuck was, me back into my hotel. Yeah. <laughs> the Canadian police are amazing. Actually, Newfie police. The thing was, we were in, in a bar and we were there with the Blue Nose. So we are touring Canada with the cool. Blue Nose. We stopped in Porto Basque, Newfoundland. And uh, we... Went to, we went to the liquor store because a lot of us are from other provinces. We never had Screech before. We've got to try the Newfoundland mm -hmm. Screech. So we went in there, and the guy behind the counter is like, oh, hang on a second. He goes in the back. He comes out with a guy in a suit and a tie. And this guy's like, oh, guys, don't buy it. We got you. We're coming to your hotel tonight. Have everybody there in the lobby at 7 o'clock. What? So, okay. Like, so everybody, the ship's crew, the museum crew, everybody congregates in the lobby at 7 o'clock. Yeah. On my word that this guy in a suit told us to. <laughs> like, I don't know. Right? They show up with a Mickey. <laughs> they, they showed up with gallons of the stuff. Oh, my they're, God. They're wearing hip waders, big fake beards with the <laughs> suspenders. They've got accordions, right? They, they did it up, like, full-on Newfie, like kiss the cod screeching in <laughs> this whole thing right it was crazy it turns out this guy in a suit was the president of the newfoundland liquor commission and so he just happened to be in town he's doing it it's like yeah hey this is a great idea so it was very cool we, yeah. we had to, but that stuff is poison yes it's it is just rotten stuff and so we're hammered and we go out to the bar and while i was at the bar i found a scarecrow in the window i thought it was <laughs> cute i would danced with it into the street out of the bar i did remove it take it steal it if you and then uh the police <laughs> took me to their little office and uh, let me sober up a little and then snuck me back into my That's hotel a fantastic story it is i love everything about it you know what's even better though is that the next day yeah. a bunch of people that i worked with tried to play a prank on me and they were like the guy at the bar is so mad man like he's complaining to our bosses he's complaining to everybody 
they're going to kick you off the tour. They're going to fire you. You've got to go back and straighten this out. And I was like, oh, shit. Like, oh, okay. Like, I'm all nervous. I'm fucking 19 years old or something. <laughs> I'm like, okay. I'll go back and do that. That's fine. So I go into the bar, and I'm like, listen, I'm really sorry, sir. I, yesterday, I, I was really hammered, and I took your scarecrow. And he's like, well, you didn't damage it. Like, we're fine. <laughs> he's looking at me like, why are you even here, right? And he hadn't complained. He didn't care at all. Uh, and then he was like, hey, listen, buddy, you know, I know what it's like being a sailor, going from town to town, taking souvenirs, you know. Tell you what, you you and your buddies come back in here tonight. Uh, it's on me. You guys drink on me. What? And I'm going, you know there's 30 sailors, right? Like, that's who you're asking. And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah no problem. Come on. And sure enough... Every one of us drank for free that night. Oh my god. Yeah. Oh my god. I need to travel with you more. Newfie hospitality. Yeah, man. no kidding. Like crazy. Oh, I know what you mean about Screech being the devil, though. My sister, uh, that's all I had for her wedding the morning of. I had a flask, and you don't have time. The to morning of her wedding? The morning. Okay. Oh gosh. Sorry. No, so you know. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Uh, this sounds promising. I like it. Yeah, so she, she she got married, um, and we all got thigh flasks as a gift, and I decided to fill mine with Screech, because someone got it for me as a gift. Right. Um, and at one point, after the wedding ceremony, we're going to take photos, and I'm starving, because I didn't have time to eat in the morning with the hair and the dress and makeup uh, and right. all that. It's a wedding, a lot of stuff happens. And no one thought to pack food, right? Yeah. But I thought to pack my Screech, and I thought, okay, well, at least I'll have liquids in my stomach. Right. <laughs> and needless to say, <laughs> during the photos, like I didn't have a ton. It was only, you know, a few sips, maybe a couple shots tops, right? Yeah. But then <laughs> in her in her wedding photos, all you see is me hanging from the rafters because I thought it was, they took it in the barn. So there, you've got the rafters that go over across the top. And I'm like, oh my God, how cool would it be if I climbed it and we took photos up there? And so, <laughs> I've seen those photos. You have seen I those have seen photos. those photos, yeah. That was screech-induced, except I couldn't get down on my own, so the boys had to help me out. Anyways, they got me some food pretty quickly after that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, it's rotten stuff. Yeah, it I is. I wouldn't recommend it. No. As a, yeah. As a breakfast. No. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, since this is going to run during the reality campaign, mm-hmm. any last words for people who may want to support the reality campaign or uh, any portion of it? Absolutely. I mean, definitely um, look at the events because they're awesome. They're all awesome to come visit, to come participate in the challenges, what have you. Or if you don't think you can take on the challenge, I totally respect that. You can support us financially by donating online at operationcomehome.ca. I think that's an excellent idea. Mm-hmm. What I would recommend is waking up to a breakfast of screech and once that is in your system a little then go to the donate page and hit the donate button i like your thinking yeah we may even provide the screech that would be a great idea probably not it's probably illegal let's not do that let's not do that all right it's over